Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Tonight's key text will start in Mark 10, 46 through 52. Mark 10, 46 through 52. I'm sure we'll have it up on the big screen for you. It says, And as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, was sitting beside the road, as was his custom. When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many sternly rebuked him, telling him to keep still and be quiet. But he kept on shouting even more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, telling him, take courage, get up. He is calling for you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and began following Jesus on the road. Now, this is a a cool story, but that, that question is pretty amazing, right? What do you want? He says, what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want? You hear that question a lot, right? Maybe, maybe not. You guys head nod or something. Give me uh, some some feedback. Thank you. What do you want? You know, I remember growing up with my parents and they would ask me this question, like, you know, what do you want? And I'd always kind of answer in like this doubting, like as if hopeful kind of way. Like I'll give you an example. They'd be like, hey, where do you want to go eat tonight? And I'd be like, Texas Roadhouse? Like, they're like, yeah, we can go to Texas Roadhouse. You want to do Texas Roadhouse? Let's go there. Or, hey, like, what do you want to do this weekend? I'd be like, Chuck E. Cheese? Like, yeah, we can go to Chuck E. Cheese. You want to go to Chuck E. Like, they'd be all excited. And I'd be like, yes, I get to go. But, like, I, I would never want to face rejection or get told no. So, like, I would never say my answer excitingly. Like, I wouldn't be like, where do you want to go eat? Oh, Texas Roadhouse. Because I'm afraid they'd be like, hey, um, you can't do Texas Roadhouse. How about, like, Arby's? And no one wants Arby's. I mean, <laughs> nobody wants that. Okay, two people in here want that. Or, you know, they'd be like, hey, where do you want to go? Like, Chuck E. Cheese. All excited. But, hey, listen, uh, I don't want to do Chuck E. Cheese. Can we, like, go to the park and look at the clouds? Like, because that's fun, right? And so that's what I was afraid of. Like, if I was saying something exciting, that they would just reject it and be like, nah, we can't do it. Or what about a time maybe in your life where you've had uh, some friends and, and you're doing something, you're, you're working on a project or whatever, or, or some chores, and your friend comes and asks and says, hey, you need help with anything? Need me to do something? And well, you become kind of hesitant. Why? You don't want to make them regret their wish. Like, you need help with anything? Oh, yeah. All this, uh, do, do just all that. I'm going to go take a nap. Just shoot me a text when you're done, and we'll hang out later. Right? You wouldn't do that. Why? Because you become hesitant. So, so what do you do? Maybe you do get them to help, but it's like a smaller task than what you really need, right? So let's say, for example, you have to sweep and mop and, uh, you know, wash the dishes and take the trash out. And you really need help sweeping and mopping because you live in a mansion. Okay, no, you don't. Uh, maybe not. Some people might. I don't know. But, you know, you really need help sweeping and mopping. But you give them the task of, oh, just take the trash out. Just go ahead and, and do that for me. So that way you don't inconvenience them. And they just take care of that small thing that you really need help with something bigger. You know, I think to myself with those stories is how often I act that way with the Lord when it comes to the things in my life, the things like healing, my future, his promises, my emotions, whatever. You know, I, I doubt him. 
or I lack faith, or he's not big enough to do something, or worse, I'm not worthy enough for him to do something, or I don't want to inconvenience him. You ever felt that way before? Yeah, I've definitely felt that way before. But that's what I love about tonight's story, because Bartimaeus wasn't like that. That wasn't how he reacted when Jesus was nearby. And so tonight, what I want to do is look at this story from kind of Bart's perspective, from his role. And the title of tonight's message is called The Blind Man's Perspective. The Blind Man's Perspective. That's the title of tonight's message. So let's start back in verse 51. Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Now, if I was there, you know, I'm thinking like, why would you ask this question, Jesus? Like, the dude's blind, you know? So, like, if I was there, I'd be like, Jesus, come see. I'd pull him gently aside. I'd say, you know, listen, I'm not the sharpest tool in the crayon box or the brightest color in the shed. And I know when you speak to the crowds, you speak in parables, and you talk to us, it's very direct and straightforward, but it still goes over my head, and I'm still lost. Like, I'm sitting in calculus class or chemistry class, like, just wide over my head. But the guy's blind, and you've, you've healed many blind people and many sick people before. So I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, I think he just wants to see. Right? You ever read this story before and think that? Like, why would Jesus ask a blind guy what he wants to do? I mean, he's blind. He wants to see. That's common sense. We can get that figured out. But as I was sitting there thinking about this, the Lord brought to my attention two reasons of why Jesus asked. Two reasons why he asked. The first one is often when we get asked a question, especially by the Lord, our answer requires admitting. And admitting is a powerful thing. So the first reason is when we get asked a question, especially by the Lord, our answer requires admitting. And admitting is a powerful thing. Let me give you an example. We got ladies in here. Anybody married in here? Okay, one happily married couple people in the back. Um, So we have people who are married, right? And ladies, you know, you've seen this before. You've experienced this before, I'm sure. You know, I've seen Lifetime movies. I've seen interviews. I've had other people say this and can probably get testimonies from ladies in here. But don't you want your man or like your boo to tell you that he loves you, your boo thing, to tell you that he loves you, right? Isn't that what girls want, just to be told that they love them? And men are just like, well, I show her love by all the things I do. I buy her jewelry. I mow the lawn. Sometimes I clean up the dishes. I try to brush my teeth. I don't know why I start talking in that accent when I'm talking as a man. Just go with it. And women are just like, he does all these things, but I wish he'd just tell me he loves me, right? We've seen this before. And even what's worse is they'll ask, like, hey, do you love me? Do you love me? And they're hoping for the truthful and right answer, right? Why are they asking? Because you have to admit that you love them. You have to say it, that, hey, I love you, not just what I do, but what's, what's in here, I love you. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, the Bible says. And we come back to the Lord and we see something that he asked, what do you want you, what you want me to do for you? But matter of fact, God has asked questions to people before. Now remember the Garden of Eden, back in the garden? He says, Adam, where are you? Adam goes MIA, he goes missing, and God calls out, Adam, where are you? And again, we read the scripture and think, God, there's two people on earth. How did you lose them? right? There's two people out here. How did you lose them? But the truth is he wasn't asking for himself. He was not asking for the for him to find out where he was. Adam was admitting where he was. He says, Lord, I hid from you. 
I was missing. Here I am. I was hiding. This is Adam admitting. And so when the Lord asks us a question, usually he wants us to admit something. And in this story, in this scripture, in this case, in your life, sometimes he wants you to admit that you have faith in him, that you really trust in him. You see, Bartimaeus, he was shouting, yeah. He was getting God's attention. But sometimes, or, or he could have just been up there, and when he walks up to Jesus, Jesus calls him, he comes up. He could have just not said anything, right? We do that sometimes. You get somebody's attention, just like don't do anything. He could have not said anything. He could have just been there just to be there, just to get his attention, waste his time, and not say anything. But he asked, and he answers, and his answer showed faith in Christ. Everybody tracking along so far? Cool, cool. So the second reason, this is the biggest reason for tonight, this is why I want to come and share this message, is I believe that Bartimaeus could have asked for anything and Jesus would have still have done it. I believe that when Jesus asked, what do you want me to do? Bart could have answered with anything and Jesus would have done it. You know, I believe that Bart could have said, Lord, I, I want you just to bless my family and protect them. And bless my food when I eat again, right? He could have said, Lord, I've been a beggar my whole life. Just get me a job. Like, just give me a place to work. I mean, I don't have to see. I could just use my hands and do what I'm told. That's not hard for me. If I can just make a little money, I don't have to sit on the side of the road. Or maybe he was like, Lord, it's lonely out here. Get me a helpmate, a dime piece. Get me a wife. I want a wife. I want people to walk by and be like, man, he can't see, but you're gorgeous. Like, that's what I want. Every man in here is like, amen. Yeah, I'll hold on to that word tonight. That's for me. <laughs> but you know what? Those are some, some examples. And those aren't bad things, right? Those are not bad things that he could have asked for. And I still believe that Jesus would have done it. But can I tell you something? That's not what was at the top of his list. That's not what was at the top of Bartimaeus' list. And Bartimaeus went right to the top of his list. He said, Lord, I'm blind and I want to see why the blindness, that's what was affecting him the most. That's what took the most trust and faith in Jesus to overcome. And tonight, I believe that there's something on the top of your list and it's burning inside of your heart. But how often the first thing that we want the Lord to do is usually the last thing that we want to ask for. The first thing that we want at the top of our list, at the top of everything, we just kind of keep sitting it down and we keep giving God these minor prayers, which I believe God will still answer. But I think tonight he doesn't want to just answer these X, Y, and Z prayers. He wants to answer the prayer that's on your heart, the desire that's on your heart that's burning. You know, we've been praying and fasting. and I believe that this message, I'll tell you something, this is crazy, but improving my faith. I prepared this message back in February. I didn't even know I was sharing it tonight. And what's worse, I'm a bad, I guess, Christian and family life member. I know we're praying and fasting this week until last Tuesday. Don't tell anybody that. That stays here. But I didn't even know that this was going to happen. And as I was preparing this message and I found out we're praying and fasting, when we pray and fast, what do we do? We create lists, right? It's probably in your iPhone. It's probably in your journal. It's probably somewhere. I do that. I write a list. And man, I believe, I truly believe that there's something tonight that God wants to do in your life. That he wants to bring breakthrough. You know, maybe it's a God dream or one of his promises. Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe it's emotional healing. Maybe it's restoration in your family. Maybe it's overcoming a sin or an addiction. You know what it is. Because as I'm listing it off, it's already on top of your head because it's at the top of your list. 
And tonight, what I want to do is I want to stir up your faith. I want to get you going. Maybe you've been praying and fasting the past few days and you've been going. I want to get it up to the next level. Tonight, I want to keep pressing and going deeper in your faith and increasing your faith and your trust in God. So as we continue on in the story, verses 51 through 52, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and began following Jesus on the road. How, how awesome is that? Like Bart probably didn't take any time at all to say, I want to see. And Jesus says, done. Your faith has made you well. And boom, he's healed and he can see and he follows Jesus. How awesome is our God? And what's cool about this is I believe Bart's faith was already there before Jesus even showed up. Before Jesus was on the scene, I believe that Bartimaeus' faith was there. Because check this out. In verses 47 through 48, when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many, many sternly rebuked him, telling him to keep still and be quiet. But he kept on shouting out more, son of David, have mercy on me. Look at that. He was shouting as soon as someone mentioned Jesus was nearby. As soon as he was there. Why? Because he had faith before Jesus arrived. Check this out. Based on what he merely heard in passing about Jesus. You see, Jesus was in Jericho doing different things. And I'm sure people were walking back and forth along that entrance as he, you know, exiting and leaving the city. And they're talking about Jesus doing stuff in their lives. Talking about things happening. And Bartimaeus is probably sitting there thinking, wait, he can heal a leper? He can heal a sick little girl? Wait, he can heal... A blind person? I'm blind. Surely he must be a God and he can heal me. Surely he can do that for me. If he can do it for them, he can do it for me. But again, how often do we think the opposite? Because Barker just said, I'm just a poor blind beggar. There's no way he'd take time to even talk to me. I mean, y'all are saying all this stuff is happening and I'm, I'm sure it's for the rich people in the city. I'm sure it's for the people who are who are up here in the higher echelon of just society. I'm sure it's those Pharisees that keep the word and keep the law by the book. They're probably getting healed. They're probably getting touched. But but not me. I'm just a just a blind beggar. There's no way he talked to me. And maybe in your terms, maybe in our terms, I'm just a teenager. I'm just young. Or I'm just insert the lie of the enemy here. Come on, lies have been feeding our minds for time and time again. Lies that you're not good enough, that you're a failure, that you're condemned, that, that sin will hold you forever. Nah, those are lies. We need to break those off. Maybe it's, I'm new to this whole living for God thing. I've just started my walk with Christ. I, I just got here and just came to church recently. There's no way I'm on the pecking order for God. You know, he'll talk to pastors, of course. He'll talk to pastors. He'll talk to worship leaders. He'll do all these people who are up here. And maybe he'll talk to people that serve him for X amount of years, whatever that is in your head. Maybe it's five years or 10 years or 20 years. He'll, he'll talk to them, but he won't talk to me. He won't talk to me. And what's worse is maybe there are people around you who fuel that doubt and low self-worth and that low self-esteem. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your friends which friends would never do that in case you're wondering. I know you're at that age where you, you, you try to be cool and try to find people to hang out with to impress somebody, but real friends don't tear you down. They build you up. So those friends, and maybe 
it's someone in church. Maybe there's been somebody, a leader or somebody. You know, at one point you could have been shouting. You could have been having zeal for God and your faith, and they cut you down. They say, oh, that thing inside of you, that thing at the top of your list, that's impossible. God's not going to do that for you. Like, just, just shut up. Like, just, just go away. Like, don't, don't let your faith, like, just stop. Like, you're too young. You don't have it in you. Let it go. Maybe it's, you're not worthy. Oh, you're not worthy. Get out of here, kid. Like, God's not going to talk to you. He'll talk to me because I, I'm just his favorite, obviously. But he's not going to talk to you, so beat it. You know, whatever it is, people have been lying to you like that. But tonight, again, I want your faith and your zeal to rise. I want your faith to, to just start to develop inside of your heart tonight. That's what I want to get going is, man, that what everybody says, it doesn't matter what they say. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they say. Bartimaeus started shouting, like, hey, yo, keep quiet and be still. He's like, okay, sorry, guys. I'm just going to sit back down. No, he didn't do that. What did he do? He said, oh, you want me to be quiet? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Man, stop shouting. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Dude, stop. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Why? He didn't stop. He kept going. He kept going. He kept going because his faith was so strong in God. Oh, God can do this for somebody else. He can do it for me. Yeah, I don't care what these people say. I get one shot. Thankfully, we don't have one shot. We get more shots because of what Jesus did for us. But for him, it was that one shot, that one opportunity for him to, to get to Jesus, to get close to him. So he's going all out. He's going all out. And maybe you're even saying, it's cool how Pastor Brady shared this earlier, that there's nothing there, Matt. Matt, there's nothing there, though. It's not about people telling me not to or, or to. It's the fact that nothing is there. I've been praying about this or I've been thinking about this, but nothing is there. And I want to tell you something. Even when nothing is there, you just gave God an excellent starting point. As he shared that scripture earlier, he makes something out of nothing. He formed the whole world. He created all the animals. He created all this stuff out of nothing. Why? Because he wanted it. Because there was something there. And what I want to encourage you tonight is just because nothing seems like it's there does not mean God's not working and God's not fighting for you. The Lord makes something out of nothing. And you know, I don't, I don't preach for super long. I won't have time for an altar call tonight. So as we wrap up, I'm not saying to pray big just to pray big. I'm saying to tell the Lord that situation that's been on your heart and that's at the top of your list and that takes the most faith and the most trust in Jesus. If we could do it on our own, we wouldn't need God. That's the point of walking with him is, man, we have God to fight for us, to stand with us, that we can't do it alone. And there's one final piece of the story and then we're going to pray. It's verses 49 through 50. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, telling him, take courage, get up. He is calling for you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Can we stand together? Can we all stand? Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, telling him, take courage, get up. He is calling for you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up and came to Jesus. You see, I believe the Lord is here tonight. And I believe I've been speaking, as we've been worshiping, as we've been seeking God together, that your faith is rising. And listen, your faith is catching the Lord's attention tonight. You're catching his attention. As Bartimaeus was screaming and shouting, that's your faith. 
That's your faith reaching to God, saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I rely on you and you alone. I want you to come. And God sees that faith. And tonight, he's calling you to come. Maybe you've been shouting and praying. Maybe you haven't. Maybe the enemy or people around you have shut you down. It's okay to be honest. It's okay. It's okay to admit, man, you know what? They did get to me. Yeah, that's fine. It's okay. You can be set free tonight. And maybe your faith has been strong and you have been trusting in the Lord. But maybe you've lacked in faith. Maybe you've lacked in trust. But tonight your faith is rising and he is calling. So what we're going to do is, and I'll play a role of the disciple real quick. And I'll tell you something. Get up. He's calling you. Me? Yes, you. You man of God. You woman of God. He is calling you. And he is asking tonight, what do you want me to do for you? And I pray that you would answer with the thing that's on top of your list, the thing that's at the top, the very top, not just some token prayer, not just something that you've been, oh, you know, bless my family. No, if you need a blessing in your family, that's fine. But if you need something greater than that, ask for that. Tell him that. Your God is a big God. Your God is sufficient. Your God sees everything. That is the Lord that we serve and the Lord that we stand with. Listen, it could be the implausible. It could be the dream. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's that situation. Maybe it's a relationship. You know, I I believe this, that some of you in here need physical healing in your body tonight. You need physical healing in your body tonight. Some of you need emotional healing in your body tonight. Some of you need to be set free from sin that has plagued your life and has held you back. Come on, sin's a cruel master. And it's all fun and games, so it's not fun and games, and it's destroying your life. But God can set you free. Jesus can set you free. Maybe it's restoration in your family. Come on, maybe your dad wasn't there for you. Pray for him to come back. Maybe someone walked out on you, a brother or sister. Pray for them to come back. They're never too far gone. They're never too far gone. Maybe even you need to tell God that you're all in tonight. Maybe you've been on the fence with God, unsure, because you know he's calling you to something greater. He's calling you to some promise in your life, and you've been holding back. You've been saying, no, God, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay here and be distracted by whatever it is. But God said, I've called you into this man of God. I've called you into this woman of God. And here's confirmation tonight. Give your all to me. Let go. Trust and have faith in me to do it. Why? Because it's burning inside of your heart. It's burning. So whatever is at the top of your list, I'm just going to ask the, the uh, leadership team to come up and, and just stand. And, and if you want to stand up and admit, admit, admit that thing at the top of your list, we'll be up here. Just start coming up right now. Come to one of these leaders to stand with you in faith. Whatever it is, just come up. Don't be scared. Don't be bashful. Look, part of that heart beating and heart racing is intimidation. It's afraid because you have to admit to God that you trust in him. You have to admit it. Come on, at the top of your list. At the top of your list. Just come up. Just come up. Come on, don't be afraid. Thank you. Don't be afraid. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. We'll go ahead and have a time of worship. I encourage you to, to just really press in to God. Whatever's at the top of your list, He's here tonight. He's here. He's here. The presence has been here since we started that first song in worship. He's been here. He's been moving. And He wants you to receive something tonight. He wants you to experience breakthrough. Breakthrough tonight.
Thank you, Lord. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.